0: Welcome to the Journey to Cloud9 podcast, where we ask nine questions to amazing people around the world about how they live lives full of meaning and purpose. On today's episode, Jordan interviews Jeff Goins. Jeff is a writer, speaker, and entrepreneur. He is the best-selling author of five books, including The Art of Work and Real Artists Don't Starve. His award-winning blog, GoinsWriter.com, is visited by millions of people every year. Through his online courses, events, and coaching programs, Jeff has helped thousands of writers succeed in their craft. Jeff lives with his family just outside of Nashville. To learn more about Jeff and his work, check out the links in the show notes.
1: All right, Jeff. So when you first hear that phrase, living life on cloud nine, what are the first thoughts that come to your mind?
2: I mean, I get the picture of somebody floating, right? And and I guess the... Uh, connotation is you're untethered you're unburdened by the worries right. of the world I mean if you think about when you're stressed you know you tend to feel you, you you walk differently you know mm-hmm. you can your head's hanging low your shoulders are slumped uh you feel heavier you know and yeah. and uh, the opposite is true as well like if you're, if you're happy or excited you're in a in a zone of genius as I right. might say or um in, in your state of flow uh-huh. you feel lighter you know yeah. uh there's yeah, what do they say there's a skip to your step you're, you're 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 not walking you're sort of floating through life yeah. so and i i think in my life that's been true like when i am at my best you know there nothing can get me down i mean yeah. we, we use these turns of phrase without really thinking about what they mean yeah. like nothing can can uh um, burden me because i'm right. in a different state that's beautiful
1: yeah that's really great. Yeah, some common themes uh, came up there. Flow, zone of genius, all things that people say. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so this one isn't necessarily the exact story just yet, but as you start to think about that story, you're going to tell when you're in that cloud nine euphoric moment in that state of flow.
0: Yeah.
1: Walk us through that a little bit. What are you feeling? What kind of emotions are coming over you? What do you say? um you know you, you mentioned you know feeling lighter but other facial expressions maybe what yeah. else when you're in that cloud nine moment
2: um uh i i think i mean it's funny i, I think when you're like fully present you know when you're in a flow state mm-hmm. um you're not thinking Right. You're not yeah. problem solving. You're not trying to figure something out. You're just doing, you're just being, you're just there. And I've experienced this, you know, in a bunch of different ways, in yeah. big moments and little moments. And what seems so interesting to me is it's, it's not necessarily about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a state of mind and, and being, yeah. Um, but I, I think it's, it's sort of this thoughtless space where you're just fully aware, fully connected, fully in the zone. Yeah. Um, and, um, you don't have any problems. Yeah. Right. That's you right. know, like, right yeah. like, I mean, so, so often in life we're sort of like going through our day with like Even like a checklist, like a to-do list is a problem to solve. And when you're in that state, whether you're like watching a movie or hanging out with your kids or Mm -hmm. eating an amazing slice of pizza or something, like it's, um, there's no problems. You're like everything in this moment right now is perfect. That
1: presence. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So tell me about a cloud nine morning. It doesn't have to be your everyday routine, but maybe you wake up and you say, wow, that was something special. Tell me about that cloud nine morning.
2: Well, it's funny, right? Because like anytime I have these experiences, I try to replicate them. Right. By doing the same thing the same way. Mm-hmm. And it, it rarely works that way. I was right? just gonna
1: ask. Yeah, it does it. Uh-huh. Yeah.
2: I, I mean, I, there's lots of schools of thought on this. I know Tony Robbins is real big on like getting yourself to an optimal state, like doing sure. physical things. Yeah. And, and I think that's cool. And I agree with that. Like going for a run usually makes me feel, feel better than like, right lying on the couch sometimes, you know, but yeah. Um, uh, so uh, a a recent time when that happened, I mean, last year was a really weird, um, but good season for me of personal Mm -hmm. transformation where I'd been doing all these things externally and, and I hadn't been doing a lot of, you know, internal work, soul care, whatever you want to call it. Um, and so I, I sort of started paying attention to myself, my body, my, my, my inner self. Sure. Um, and so most mornings I would drop my kid off at work mm-hmm. or uh, at school. At school. <laughs> <laughs> I would drop my seven year old off at school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's funny is he goes to a Montessori school uh-huh. and they, they call their schoolwork, they call it work. And, and they okay. don't want to create a negative connotation for the idea of work. So they yeah. tell the parents, they're like, you can't complain about your job. Well, they say you shouldn't uh-huh. complain about your job because right, you, we call this work. And if you're like, mm-hmm. oh, work sucks. Your kid's going to yeah. go to school, and they're going to ask them to do work. Anyway, right. uh-huh. I drop them off at school. I go to a coffee shop, uh, and I um, drink a couple cups of coffee, mm-hmm. uh, meditate, journal, read a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then I drive across town just a, a few minutes, really, uh-huh. and I go walk in the park. And this was uh, a big part of my routine uh, last year in the season where I was trying to figure some things about – Myself, my work, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that I had been doing I, I was no my heart was no longer in it in the business that I was running mm-hmm. the kind of writing that I was doing the other kind of business engagements that I was involved in and I didn't I felt like something was off something was mm-hmm. wrong, but I didn't know what it was, and so I would spend two hours doing this you know mm-hmm. yeah uh, going to the coffee shop going for a walk yeah. and just being not trying to figure anything out not thinking about anything and so more often than not, um, those mornings were really, um, they just brought this clear headedness, this happiness, like they felt right. Sometimes I'd go for a run, but it was Mm -hmm. like the combination of stillness, reading, writing, and then movement and being around in nature. Like nature is really important to me. Yeah. Do you listen, do you listen to anything when you walk? Sometimes, you know, like, uh, I remember, Uh, there was a moment where I, um, was really struggling with the reality that most of what I had accomplished professionally, what some people might call success was driven by fear and shame. The fear of like it never being enough, the shame of never feeling like enough, like always got to get more, got to keep going, can't get comfortable, or this is going to go away. Just that anxiety. Yeah. And so one morning... I was driving back from dropping off my son at school, I'm driving yeah. back home, and I drove past this park, and I felt this just intuitive sense, you oh, know, this uh-huh. inner calling sure. that I needed to turn left and, and go to the park. Yeah. And so I happened to be in my you know gym clothes, and I went to the park, and um, uh, I had this temptation to pull up my running app. You know, to track how many miles I was going to run. This is at a time when I was trying to let go of measuring everything. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm not going to do that." And then I was like, pulling up, I don't know, some some uh, uh, step tracker because yeah. I was like trying yeah. to walk 10,000 steps a day, and I got to yeah. log these, and it won't doesn't count if I don't measure it. Yeah, exactly. and I'm like aware of myself doing this. Like, why are you doing this? Like, just run, man, just yeah. run for the fun of it. Yeah. So I put on some Mumford and Sons and just nice. ran as hard and as fast as I could. Yeah. Um. So. I'm getting into storytelling mode, but that, that was, that's an no, example of a, a, an optimal morning. And every yeah. morning, like if I try to do it exactly that way, it doesn't quite work. But like yeah, yeah, yeah. coffee, reading, writing, a little bit of walking, those yeah. are good things for me. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Um, let's talk about the rest of the day.
1: Say right before you go to sleep at night, you flip off your light and you have the opportunity to reflect and say that was a cloud nine day. Hmm. What else happened?
2: Um, My best days are the days when I decide to do a few important things and I do them. Certainly, there there are those days where you're surprised by something and you end up having Mm -hmm. this important conversation or you get sidetracked but like it was the right thing to do and that's great Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you've got those days where you like wanted to accomplish 28 things and you only did 27 and you feel like a failure yeah so for me it's like getting really clear at the Uh beginning of the day to do like two or three things well Uh and usually for me that's writing that's Mm -hmm. that's creating something yeah uh, reading, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, spending just some time learning, growing, whatever. I love to read Yeah, and, uh, often moving, you know, getting out in nature, going for a walk, run, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, and, 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 and I I would say in addition to that, just like part of a well-rounded day, uh, is spending time with people that I care about and having good moments, you know? And so it's not it's not so much like sitting down for family dinner, but it could be that mm-hmm. as much as it could be like some quality one on one time with my kids. Like yesterday yeah. was a really great day. I took my kid to a concert. Went, there's mm-hmm. this local music festival. Oh, nice. And it, he's seven years old. It was kind of uh-huh. the first time he's ever been a part of that. Yeah. Something like that. We rode our bikes, there was some uh-huh. exercise, you know, yeah. we were outside. It was beautiful. Uh-huh. Uh, and then came back from that, dropped him off at the house grabbed a friend we went back to the festival and we were out yeah. that night uh-huh. you know, rock, rocking out to the food fighters nice um, so, that's awesome so i mean i mean that was like a, a weekend right so yeah. it wasn't a work day but um it was a it was a good day you know and yeah. it was me doing a few things mm-hmm. that i wanted to do that i said at the beginning of the day i wanted to do yeah doing them and sharing some important moments with people i care about
1: yeah there's such beauty in the simplicity of it
2: yes yeah I always um, feel better having done a few things at a deep uh experiential level than doing a bunch of things at, at sort of a surface level. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. What uh what are you working on right now writing-wise? Uh a bunch of things. I'm starting yeah. a new book for myself, but I also uh, uh I ghostwrite, so I write other people's books mm-hmm. uh, in their voices. Yeah. I'm working on I'm working on 7 projects. We have 7 clients right Uh, now, uh but I've staggered kind of the start and end dates of them. So I'm working on I'm working on a book right now that I'm really fascinated by at least right now where it's at is uh, we're working with a kind of world class marketing expert Mm -hmm. who basically uses the skill of persuasion on himself. Oh, and the premise of the book is like, what if you wrote a sales letter to yourself Uh to persuade you to live a better life? That's funny, right? What if you sold yourself the idea?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: On a better you, and so that's what the book is about. Because basically, he he was a, a student of and teacher of persuasion. But yeah. There were these besetting issues with his health, his life, his relationships. Yeah. Where he just wasn't super happy with his life, and he realized, "Well, I know about persuasion. Yeah, so why don't I persuade myself to live a better life?" And he did. Yeah, and that's what the book is about.
1: That's awesome, and that's funny. I had, I had a coaching call yesterday with a client who wants to start his own coaching business. And he, we're talking about all this stuff and he wants to know who he should serve. And I said, you need to first convince yourself to be your first client. Yeah. Right. Right. And he has to sell himself first before he can sell to anyone else.
2: Yeah. You gotta believe it. If you don't believe it, it. you can sell it.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. That's so true, man. Um, here's a fun one. Tell me about a cloud nine
2: meal. Mm, I love food. I'm I'm a big fan of enjoying yeah. food. Um You're in
1: Chicago for a little while, right? I grew up grew just up outside Chicago. of Chicago. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. So I went to uh-huh. school. I love their food scene, is incredible.
2: Yeah, and it's only gotten better, you know, since yeah. I left. <laughs> yeah. I was there back there a few years ago for a speaking gig and it was amazing. Mm. Yeah. Um but Nashville's yeah. good too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nashville food scene is really good. Um so okay. Um this is kind of my favorite way to eat, which mm. is like A big group of people, we just order a bunch of, like, small plates and share stuff. Yeah. So um, I uh, almost every summer go to Portland, Oregon for a conference called World Domination Summit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been there five years now. Um, And for several years in a row, we would get a bunch of friends together. We would go to this Peruvian restaurant. We'd get a bunch of tables put together, get a party room or something. Yeah. And we would just – like just order everything on the menu basically because mm-hmm. we had you know 15, yeah. 20 people or something yeah and then everybody would go around and share something you know and then there was some sort of question or mm-hmm. whatever um and so for me a really great meal is like a combination of the right people yeah good food and like a really good conversation where yeah. it's like it's somewhat guided somewhat organic it's not just everybody talking about whatever yeah I like somewhat um, but guys. when you, you connect do. with people on some sort of shared interest over good food, good mm. drink. Yep. Um, it's usually pretty memorable.
1: Wow. I love that. I love yeah. that question so much. And mm. it's funny you mentioned that the experience has sharing in it. Yes, um, That's so, so key. Tonight I'm actually headed out to Barcelona oh. and we're going to a restaurant where you all order your own meals, but oh. then what they do is they give you a little plate of everybody else's meal that's cool you have your big plate and then you have like five little plates of banana that's cool
2: and you could like talk to your friends about what they're eating because you you've tried it too Exactly. i would just i would just pick something off their plate which yeah everybody's cool
1: (laughs) you're gonna eat that that's That's what we do do
2: normally yeah (laughs)
1: um okay so envision yourself in the later years of your life Mm -hmm. and you're reflecting on everything that you've done everything that you've achieved everything you still want to achieve What couple components would make you say I have lived out my cloud nine life?
2: Um, well, uh, you know, obviously this has changed as we become more aware. I used to think I wanted to like make an impact, you know, like leave a legacy. Yeah. I don't really care about that anymore. Mostly because I think that's often another word for ego, you know, Mm. legacy is another word for ego in my, my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, but I do want to um, – I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be lonely. Mm. Uh, and I enjoy being alone now. It's not something I'm afraid of anymore. Yeah. Uh, but I think looking back, I would want to know that I shared my life with people that I truly loved. Not just anybody, right? Because yeah. I don't want to be stuck you know, in a relationship with, with anyone that doesn't uh, honor the time and um, energy that I bring to it. But um, I will, will have wanted to um, – spent good time with people that I loved I will have wanted to um created things that were important to me not things that people necessarily said they wanted although that's you know part of it but I can err too much on the side of just you know writing the books that people want to read doing the things because yeah. I get the marketing side of it you know yeah exactly but for me it's looking back and going that was worth doing and then I think you know the third component is uh, I, I want to look back on experiences you know Mm -hmm. uh and and for me there's always there always has to be some level of risk adventure doing new things you know and so i think i think that's what life is about like a good life for me is about those three things it's about Mm -hmm. creating memorable experiences being with people you care about um and uh, doing work that feels important and meaningful to you
1: beautiful beautiful
2: wow. It's always so nice when the
1: the words that you read from somebody match the actual personality. It's really great answers, great answers so far. Um, All right. Story time. Okay. So can you tell me a time that you truly felt like you were on cloud nine Jeff?
2: Yeah. Um, Actually this is happening more and more, which I think means that maybe my life is moving in the right direction. Good, good. Um, So there's so many things that when I was younger, I thought were like youthful whims, like things that I needed to grow out of. Once I became a responsible adult, I wouldn't need to travel anymore. That was one of them. Or do adventurous things. That was another. So, you know, got married, started a family, had kids, uh, and all those things are great. But I sort of suppressed these things that were really important to me. And, and recently, uh, they've sort of reawakened in me. One of those is um, uh, travel. Another one, part of it is adventure. And those are mean mm-hmm. different things to me. Uh, But I started traveling more this year and and working it into the the work and the family commitments where, uh, you know, I was able to balance it well. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I'd go speak somewhere and then when I was in some new place, I would take at least a little bit of time, you know, after the speaking gig or whatever and go do something adventurous and that looked Mm -hmm. lots of different ways. Uh, But recently, um, I I try to do that everywhere I go, experience a little bit of the local culture, do something that makes me feel alive. Mm -hmm. Um, and recently uh, a friend and I were in San Francisco. He was there for business and I I was meeting with a publisher. Um, and we rented a couple of bicycles Mm -hmm. and I I had been there 13 years before with a friend who was a big bicyclist and I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And we rode, we rode our bikes across the golden gate bridge and kind of rode out towards the mirror woods, but I don't think we got all the way out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, I just got this idea in my head 13 years later, like we're going to do this again. We get the bikes, we wake up early in the morning. Uh, and we just we just start riding, you know, mm-hmm. and anybody who knows San Francisco knows it's, you know, very hilly. It's a very active city, but it's not like the easiest city to ride a bicycle. in. Sure, sure. Ridiculous. Uh, but it was fun. And my friend, you know, um, rides bikes pretty regularly. I don't. But I was able to keep up with him, which was nice. Uh, But, you know, we ride down to the Golden Gate Bridge. We ride across. Weather's beautiful. Uh, Then we get to Sausalito, this little bayside town, and we park our bikes, and we're going to go get uh, a couple of beers and carve up for the rest of the ride. Sure, sure, yeah. Um, And we park our bikes at this this, this bike parking station, uh, and this lady asks us where we're going to ride the rest of the day because they have all these trails and stuff around Mm -hmm. the bay. And we said, well, we're going to ride to the Mirror Woods, you know, the Redwood Forest nearby, which is only like eight miles away at this point. Mm -hmm. Super far. She goes, no. What? (laughs) She goes, no, you can't do that. I go, what do you mean? She goes, you'll die. She was from Texas. She was like, look, I live out there. You ride out there, you're going to die. And I was like, no, I think I did it before. Once she's like, Uh you'll die. She goes, the hills are terrible. There's there's cars. They'll hit you. You will die. Do not do it. And we're like, okay, thanks. (laughs) So we go have lunch. We go. Should we? Should we go through this? I was like, Yeah, I, I think it'll be fine. So we get our bikes. We ride out to the Mirror Woods, and it's a hard ride. Like you're basically riding uphill at not quite a forty degree angle sure. for a couple of miles. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to the top, and then you go down, and the Mirror Woods are in a valley. Mm-hmm. Um. And. What, wherever I went 13 years ago was not here. Yeah. Like, because I'm like, this so is weird. not where we went. Like, yeah. I think I saw some trees at some point, but this is not where we went. So we go down this hill, and there's cars and stuff, but it's, it's fine. And other people out there are riding their bikes mm-hmm. too. But it's a hard ride. We're not in the best shape at this point. Mm-hmm. And then we go down all these switchbacks down into the valley. And, you know, there's a point where, um, like, I'm sort of riding the breakdown down because you're going fast. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. 40 miles an hour probably it's sure yeah um and i don't really ride bikes we're going on these switchbacks or at any point a car could come and hit you Mm -hmm. and so like it's a little scary and i remember thinking like one wrong turn and i could die and i'm sort of pumping the brakes and then i just let go and just you know go all the way down and i like things got a little crazy i'd give it like one pump but i just kind of let go and i that was a cloud nine moment for me um, wow. because it was like right on the edge between like living sort of a boring, sedentary survival life. Like mm-hmm. there's sort of survival and there's death, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. And like right on the edge between those two extremes mm. is I think living, actual living, which mm. is, I could, I could actually die here, which is true in any circumstance, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could die but this is where I want to live, right? Like right on the edge of like, um, just surviving. Mm -hmm. And I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm actually dying right now. Like I'm Mm -hmm. jumping out of a plane without a parachute or something. And there was something really exciting about not being fully in control, Mm -hmm. but trusting that like, okay, if I just hold the handlebars steadily, I I should be okay. Yeah. And it was this, I was just, I mean, I wasn't thinking about anything. I wasn't thinking about anything. I was just there. And then we ended up, you know, in the Mirror Woods, which was this, you know, beautiful, amazing place. But that moment riding down the hill where I let go of the break was was a big moment for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah what a beautiful breakdown of it as well. That's uh that's so cool. That's uh different than most stories. It does fit So basically with with this whole Cloud Nine, um so my book is The Journey to Cloud Nine and it's basically It's a Robin Sharma-esque, where it's a fiction book, but it's all incorporates the stories that I've heard from so many different people, and I've batched all of these cloud nine moments into nine different categories. Cool. So the book actually takes you from cloud one to cloud two all the way to cloud nine, and your story fits the most with probably cloud one, which is all about playfulness and adventure Uh, and having that in your life. Yeah, great. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I love that one. Great, great, great. So the last two questions are to help people get to cloud nine quicker. Yes. And the first one is, do you have any daily habits, maybe midday pumps, nightly reflections that help you get to cloud nine throughout the day?
2: I don't think it's a place that I get to. I don't mm-hmm. think it's something that I add. I think it's right. a state that I get back to. Right. So, If you look at kids um, talk about playfulness. Mm. I, I really believe they're already there. Yeah. You know, they are in some enlightened state, which again is not, you're not getting to something you're let going of all the things that you're not the stories that you've told yourself about yourself or been told about yourself. Mm. Um, you know, so these are stories of, of shame and, uh, anxiety and just like, here's what you have to do to be an important person or be loved or whatever it is. Uh, sometimes trauma. Um, and so I think it's about in some ways just letting go of lies right mm. and 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 so if if cloud nine is a state of not thinking about the problems that you have and trying to figure life out, yeah. then it's really the realization that um I'm okay where I'm at, yeah and I can just be fully present, whether you're meditating or riding a bike or whatever um so how do you get there yeah um uh, I think on a practical level, like, as I've already said, movement is important to me. Just moving your body, going for a walk helps sure. me still my mind. Uh, meditation helps. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes talking with a friend, yeah. you know, yeah. especially if I'm feeling anxious about something, just doing something to get the anxiety get out, out. of here, mm-hmm. Yeah, it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, I don't think of it. I'm always sort of surprised when I'm like striving to feel okay. And, and it doesn't, it makes it worse, it makes it harder. And then in the midst of that striving, at some point I just go, oh, I'm trying to do this instead of just like letting go and letting, letting this be. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, another practice that I would say is, is pretty helpful from a, an emotional standpoint is um, not fighting emotions. Experiencing emotions, letting them pass, you know being present to them so if you're fearful if I'm fearful uh you know stressed about something even happy understanding that like I'm not the emotion and it'll pass and whenever it passes I'm still here mm. and cuz i especially with like you know bad emotions like fear anxiety stress i mean that's really all fear sure. anger sometimes you you fight it you suppress it and you're like I shouldn't feel angry I should be happy and that that doesn't work you know it's right. still in there yeah so i think taking some deep breaths, experiencing the emotion, going for a walk, talking to a friend, um, that's helpful. And I would also say getting very clear at the beginning of the day what I want to do, what I want. And and life doesn't have to work out the way that I want, but Mm -hmm. it's okay to start the day with a clear intention and say, I would like for this to happen and I'm going to focus on trying to get this outcome, whatever it might be, and go through the day, trying to you know think like do these things and if other things happen that's fine too um but for me it's sort of a mix of like intention plus open-mindedness about how the day might play out and and those are so i will literally like go to a coffee shop drink a couple cups of coffee Uh meditate read a thing pull out my notebook and go at this point i'm pretty clear i go i want to do this Mm -hmm. this and this and if i accomplish these three things at the end of the day I'm going to feel pretty good about moving the ball down the field, work-wise, relationships-wise, health-wise. Um, I'll feel good about the day if I did that versus here's these 37 other things that I'd like to do mm-hmm. that might feel unproductive like I'm spinning my wheels. So those are some practices. Amazing, amazing. Something cool that happened while I was
1: writing this book was I never do this, but I looked up the root of the word ecstasy. Oh, uh-huh. And the word ecstasy comes from the Greek word ecstasis and that word uh-huh. literally means to remove oneself from or to step to the side of
2: oh, so interesting. in yeah, your response
1: it's so ecstatic you know yes. it's all about ecstasy in that you're just taking a step to the side of your own life like the way that i say it is you actually put yourself up in the clouds yeah. you look down at what's going on and then you have you know all those great feelings that
2: you mentioned yeah i i think of it like i mean to to like carry the metaphor out some more like, yeah, we're already in the clouds, but Mm -hmm. most of us are insulated by like a 747, Yeah. And like, we're looking at like that shutter that's closed on the window. Uh Like to me, this experience of waking up to the the beauty of everyday life Mm -hmm. is like pulling up the shutter and going, Oh, I'm already there. Mm -hmm. I've been living life in this little cramped seat with these, you know, crappy peanuts or whatever. And like,
1: I'm I'm here already on it already. I just didn't know it. You, you could have written the ending to, to my book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. Last one, man. So I like to phrase it in this way. It's always a little bit more fun. Say your best friend comes up to you and says, Hey, I saw that, that cloud nine interview with that kid, Jordan. You gave some really great responses. I love the chat, but um, I'm not, I'm not getting it. Mm. I've never felt like I was on cloud nine before. Yeah. What's one thing that you would say to your best friend to help, him or her, um, sort of make the transition to this mindset that you consider cloud nine?
2: That's a that there's lots of layers to that. Yeah. And, uh, usually my first, you know, question to something like that is why, Mm. and then eventually it may get down to like, Hey, I think you need to go to therapy, uh, which, you know, big fan of. Um, but I think my response would be, um, something to the effect of when, when, when something is standing in the way of our contentment i think it often comes down to a question of Mm self-worth and so my question that we would eventually get to is is this something that you think at a fundamental level you don't deserve Mm -hmm. right because we accept the things in life that we think we deserve love money uh how a person treats us or does you know like or, or the lack of those things We accept those things, right? I know plenty of broke people who don't feel like they deserve a lot of money and expect Mm -hmm. to be broke in life. And as a result, they get what they expect, which is true in so many areas, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not like blaming the victim, but it's just, we tend to create the the realities that we think we deserve by Mm -hmm. just like at a very like practical level, if you think every if you're, you know, like if if you're a young lady and you think every uh, relationship that you're in, every guy that that you know wants to be with you uh, is going to treat you like dirt, then you go, well, this is the best that I can do, and so you end up, you know, dating a bunch of guys like that. Yeah. Um. So, I think I would say, why do you think you don't deserve that? Not like because yeah. so often in life it's like, well, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this, and I think the real question is, if you're not getting it, is it because you don't you think The universe is not fair Mm. that this isn't realistic you know what is it and and often i I wonder if it's just a question of i don't deserve this Mm. wow
0: thank you for listening to the journey to cloud nine podcast for more info on everything cloud nine check out the journey to cloud nine website and jordan's new book journey to cloud nine now available on amazon links are in the show notes